What's going on, y'all? This is, uh, as you know, Max Lit, uh, and this is the Is What It Is, a podcast gumbo featuring me, Max Lit. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, man, it's been a long time. So I realized the last post that I put up, the last podcast that I put up was um, back in 2020. I think it was like October. Let me check the, uh, the Spotify real quick. Um, yeah. Episode five was December. No, it was December of 2020. So it's been way, 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 way too long. So um, if if y'all have listened before, I know y'all have heard. Oh man, you know I'm gonna try to do better and uh, getting the content to y'all in a in a timely fashion. No, oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> but um, we gonna start from here, and we are gonna uh, continue in the the best way possible. Um, but yeah, so it's 2022, uh, April and shit. <laughs> a lot, a lot has changed since the last podcast. Um, we have still, we're still in a pandemic. I've actually recorded a number of, um, I think I've recorded like five or six joints, um, at least in between that time. And it just felt like every time I recorded something, something else came out and, you know, I felt like I had to include that or I had equipment issues or a, a, a number of things. Um, and a number of life changes have happened since the last podcast. We're going to get into a little bit of that um, throughout this one. But I just want to say to y'all who have, you know, supported me from the beginning when I did my first podcast. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for for hanging in there with me uh, through a number of different things that I've been doing since then. Um, and for those who may be listening for the first time, I appreciate you tuning in, uh, checking us out. Uh, basically, and I'm going to just go over a recap of what we do uh, with the podcast here. Um, it's called a podcast gumbo because I'm going to talk about pretty much everything. Um, if you go through the um, the previous podcast, I've talked about, you know, my love for music and Wu-Tang. Um, I believe that was, if not the first, one of the first uh, podcasts that I talked about was the Mike's and Men uh, movie about Wu-Tang. And um, a lot's happened with them since my last podcast. So, you know, um, we talked about, you know, uh, the Free Up State Poetry Movement that we started back in 2020, which is still going. Uh, so if you don't already follow us on Instagram, follow us, uh, that's me and the celestial poet at free up state poetry. Um, we do an open mic. We, we started off doing it every Friday. Um, but then it got kind of, kind of hectic to do it every Friday. Uh, so now we do it every other Friday, which essentially ends up being twice a month. Uh, we first started just poetry, open mic, regular status. Uh, we've since moved to still doing poetry, but we try to have a theme for the poetry every uh, every every open mic. So on Fridays, every other Friday, um, and we've been discussing movies for the most part. I'm currently on hiatus, uh, just trying to reevaluate uh, my capacity on that level, and also with everything else that I got going on. But I'm still in the wings still helping out the celestial poet has taken over hosting duties not necessarily taken over hosting duties she's gonna get mad at me when she hears this she is the host <laughs> so she's primarily hosting now um and i will be usually in the chat uh and supporting her on that level um but check us out every other friday so today is april 17th sunday so the next open mic will be this coming Friday, that being April 22nd, um, and hopefully this podcast goes up relatively soon after I record it, so it'll be relevant, <laughs> so y'all check that out, uh, but again, every other Friday, starting at 8 p.m., uh, the Free Upstate Poetry Get Free Open Mic featuring the Celestial Poet and sometimes <laughs> me, Max Lit. All right, so that's one of the things that I've been working on since the last podcast. The other thing, um, finally getting uh, things together for the next book. The first book was um, 
Soul Therapy, uh, a collection of works inspired by the life of Max Litt. Um, you know, I like to say did <laughs> you know you have wild expectations uh, when you do something like that, and um, but with the help of some friends, uh, some that I'm still connected to, some that I'm not, uh, the book got into a lot of hands, um, and it chronicled. Man, that was like in 2016. So it probably chronicled, you know, my life through poetry from like, who knows, like 2008 at least, you know, bits and pieces up until that point. Uh, the next book that I'm working on, uh, currently I'm putting some pieces together, trying to put more recent work into that book um, so that it's relevant to the time period where it's being released. Um my style has changed up a little bit just trying to grow as a poet um if you if you read any or heard any work from the first um book soul therapy um you'll see that a lot of that work was like multiple page pieces more spoken word than actual poetry um and not to say that spoken word isn't poetry but spoken word tends to be what i well my spoken word tends to be what i like to call ranting <laughs> So it's like a, a three minute rant, you know, and if you are familiar with like slam poetry, or open mic, I mean, slam poetry or spoken word poetry, um, it's it's more of a longer art form, uh, mainly built around performance. Not that I won't have any of that in there, um, but I'm working towards a more concise uh, setup or format. Um, years ago, right before I released that book, um, my brother, who was trying to help me get it published, had wanted he tried to challenge me to kind of condense my thoughts down um to shorter pieces and at the time i just had so much that i felt like i needed to get out <laughs> that um you know I, I wasn't ready for that but so that was like the book came out in 2016 so that had to be like at least like 2014 um when he was making that suggestion probably earlier than that and it seems like now in 2022 <laughs> that I've finally got to the point where I can have these more concise thoughts and I, ha I have a way to um, to get them down in writing. So I've been working on that. Uh, the, the working title for that piece is going to be, ironically enough, It Is What It Is and Other Musings uh, by Max Litt. That may change considering the, the podcast is It Is What It Is. Um, it may not. It may be the same. But that's currently what I'm titling it. And uh, if you follow me on Instagram, um, you will see, you have to scroll through a few pictures, but you'll see like the preliminary artwork for that book. Um, otherwise, things I got going on. Um, so since uh, the pandemic, uh, I think I'm trying to figure out, because time has kind of moved on just weirdly for me. Um, the only reference point I really have over the past two years has been um, me. And I guess that I guess that podcast was in a year. I, I, I guess I lost my job at the airport um, in March 2020. So March of this year would have been two years. Um, it's that. <laughs> and, you know, uh, we tend to mark points in our lives uh with life events or life changes so that that and then um when i broke up with my ex-girlfriend uh tends to be the two major things that happened over the past two years so given that um a lot has changed um i think we talked a little bit about i know i recorded another podcast to where i was talking about um some of the things I have been struggling with, one which was alcohol, and uh, I don't, I don't think that made it onto the airwaves, as it were. But since then, I have um, stopped drinking. Uh, that was not an easy thing to do. Um, it really was difficult, and not only was, you know, that process difficult. Um, the things that. I, I had to experience to, or things I had to do 
to make that change brought up a lot of other things that I was um, struggling with and, you know, I had to go, oh, I chose to go. Well, I guess you could say both. I had to go, chose to go um, to seek counseling for, for, for alcoholism. Um, I say I chose to go because it wasn't anything court mandated or anything like that, even though I did get a little hemmed up <laughs> before I made that decision. Um, yeah, I chose to do it. I say I also had to do it because I realized my life was going in a, in a direction that um, I just wasn't prepared to, 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 I guess, live that lifestyle um, the way it was heading. Um, it wasn't going to last too long, if I'm being honest. Uh, you know, when, when you're struggling with alcohol or any other type of addiction... It uh, usually only ends up <laughs> in a couple of different ways possible. Um, and I'm just glad that before it involved anyone getting harmed or, you know, prison time or anything like that, that I was able to kind of lean on some folks, some people that really mean a lot to me. And um, they supported me in my decision and trying to get some some help with that. So I appreciate that. That's a huge change in my life that um, I'm grateful and it's a struggle, man. Um, I think if if I was still working, maybe that decision doesn't happen. Um, also, <laughs> if I was still working, I think um, it would have been really tough to to make that decision. Um, and with me losing my job uh, when the pandemic first started, and and having to make those types of adjustments in the midst of a pandemic. Um, I think that made it really difficult too, because there wasn't a whole lot for me at that time to do. So I, I was doing a lot of drinking and, um, a lot of the issues that I didn't know were there kind of came bubbling up to the surface. Um, but a lot of good came out of that too. Um, I started my own business, <laughs> which is crazy that I think about it. So the business is a personal chef slash personal catering service uh it's called meals by max um it was really the idea came up amongst some friends um over the past few years uh, a number of us have birthdays in october so we've been traveling together for those birthdays um and you know you airbnb a house or whatever like that and uh save some money by cooking your food in, in the house. Uh, so one night it was my night to cook and a, a good friend of mine just suggested, Hey, you know, if you ever decide to do this, you know, and try to make some money out of it, I would definitely be interested in the service. And I think I launched either the, I think I launched, I had my, like my test run, um, in December of this past year. And I think my first order went out in January. So I've been doing it for about four months and it's been, it's been great. I, I really can't complain. Um, the work that I, the, 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 the hard work that I thought, um, <laughs> that I thought it was going to be definitely it was, um, in the very beginning, it took a lot for me as far as planning goes and prepping and then getting the orders out. But again, with friends, um, you know, they've been very supportive. Uh, a lot of my orders have come from friends. Um, and you know, promoting has come from friends, encouragement, support has come from friends. So I'm definitely grateful that those friends were there for me. Family too. My, my older sister, uh, when my, when my parents, uh, <laughs> She's going to kill me for saying older sister, my big sister, my sister, Veronica. Um, she's been mad supportive. She, uh, <laughs> I know she asked me for the logo one time. I was like, why'd she ask me for the logo? And then next thing you know, I get a bomb ass apron with my logo on the front in the mail. Uh, that meant a lot to me. Uh, she also supported me in some of the equipment that I have and my friends as well. Um, definitely came through. Uh, Davlin Hill suggested that I have a launch party. And, you know, the rest of the tribe came through with some, some gifts and some things 
that I needed. Uh, I had never done a registry before, and now I see why people do it. <laughs> so um, thank you to all of y'all who supported that. The thank you cards are coming. Uh, <laughs> I got them printed. It, I, had, I created them myself. I got them printed, forgot to get envelopes. So I know it's still months later, but they will be in the mail soon. I'll, I'll probably be needing to contact some of y'all to get the addresses. So uh, I just don't want you to think that, you know, your efforts and your support has gone unappreciated uh, because it definitely is appreciated every single time I send an order out. Um, I remember every time I, you know, <laughs> cut an onion with the knife set that another one of my good friends, Tara, um, gifted to me for the launch uh all the things really it's appreciated so i just want y'all to know i really do appreciate y'all and the support that y'all give me and you know keeping it moving on that you know uh, a year ago i never would have thought that i would be in business for myself two years ago absolutely not um and even though i still have a day job um you know having something on the side that you can call your own is really 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 it's been I, it's just been amazing. Um, and in the midst of all the things that I talked about a minute ago, as far as, you know, making some changes in, in my struggles, um, being able to look back on all of that and seeing what came out of it is, I mean, saying it's amazing and saying it's a blessing um, is not enough. So once again, thanks to everybody. Who stuck with me, even the ones who didn't. <laughs> uh, I've been, I've, I've realized that regardless of what you go through, the people who have been there and the people who haven't or, you know, are no longer around, they're still instrumental in the things that we are able to accomplish um, in one way or another. So I give thanks and grace to, to, to everyone that was anywhere involved in the journey up to this point and those who may come along for the ride later on um so that's a little bit about what's been going on with me um i mean i can sit here and talk there's so so many things that i want to address and i'm gonna get to some of them um and as you know i'm trying to create the content going forward i'm gonna try to keep it as relevant to what's been going on around us um one thing I will say that I feel like I have to 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 make mention of uh, anyone that knows me knows I'm big on relationships, connections, all of that. And over the last two years, uh, my my viewpoints on, on on relationships and connections and you know in general have been challenged. Um, part of my uh, struggles with 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 uh going to counseling and all that stuff has made me realize you know when it comes to people in your life they will come and go um it's just the way it goes um you can do what you can to keep people in your life and it still may not work and that goes for you know romantic relationships uh situationships friendships, all of that, even family, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, one of the counselors that I was working with, um, I mentioned to him how I felt when I went to just get support from someone that at the time was really close to me. And they told me that basically they couldn't, they said, you know, you need some time by yourself to get shit together. Um, they were right. <laughs> to a certain degree um and i have to say that because and i've learned that you have to not you but me i have to say that because uh the counselor said listen when you go to anybody and you ask them for help with anything i don't care if you you need help fixing a flat tire and they you know they're there to possibly help you you're giving them power and it's just as simple as that. You've given them the power to control how this scenario is going to turn out as far as they're involved. Where I realized 
and where he said that many of us we we end up disappointed because we don't leave the space for them to say no you know a lot of times when we ask when we go to someone we ask them for something we are not expecting them to say no a lot of times <laughs> and even in that situation i wasn't prepared for the response um because i didn't look at it the right way and so um that was one of the biggest things when it comes to relationships and, and any type of connections that you have with people that made me start to not reevaluate those relationships, but just reevaluate how I was moving in those spaces. Um, and a lot of times, you know, when we when we when we are encountering encountering stuff like that, we we tend to to uh, <laughs> jump into it on an extreme level right so one thing i realized with me and a lot of things it's like it's either all or nothing so even when i make adjustments in certain things you know i'm like all right so now i got to be prepared that if i go to someone for anything i got to be prepared for them to say no so i stop asking <laughs> in the beginning it was kind of crazy because i was trying to do all of this stuff by myself even though, you know, on the outside looking in or from a more objective point of view, I could someone else could see, oh, no, he's not doing it by himself. Um, even just in the, in the space of there just being people around you that, you know, is just going to check on you. That in itself is is, is a big was a big revelation for me as far as me not being alone and the things that I was trying to do. Um but it also was situations where, you know, it wasn't a big deal for me to ask, like, for, you know, the business, you know, just asking for some help to do a thing. Uh, you know, I was really trying to tackle a lot of things alone because I was trying to avoid the no's. <laughs> um, and then it's like when I realized I was just kind of overdoing that, you know, I realized that in a lot of cases the, the no's won't be there. You know, people gonna hold you down. Whether they, it just depends on how how much you need, right? Cause you know, I could go to a friend and be like, "Yo, I need a million dollars," and they'd be like, "Nigga, I ain't got a million dollars." <laughs> be like, "Oh, you know, all right, so I need ten dollars," um, or maybe just not that extreme. I'm just again extremes, you know, all all or nothing. But you know, that's what I was doing. So now it's become more of a, a observation and more of a habit for me to understand that if you need to lean on somebody you may get the note but you're prepared for it before you go into that situation and that doesn't work for everyone um it worked for me for what i had to do it's working for me now um and you know i've talked to a few people um about my journey to this point and i try my best to tell them like you know that's what worked for me um and it didn't work perfectly. <laughs> and that's all uh, had a lot to do with me. Um, I don't really. I will give advice. Actually, no, nah, I can't even say that. Like if somebody asks me a question, I'm gonna give you an answer. Um, you tell me what I you ask me what I think. I'm gonna tell you what I think. Um, I don't really like giving advice only because I can only speak from my experience. Um, that's one of the things I'm learning working with the nonprofit organization that I work for. Um, one of the agreements that we um, we use when we have our dialogue is for us to just speak from our own experience. And so I can tell my story, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for someone else. Um, you know, sitting in those counseling sessions, it was group sessions. Um, some of the stuff that I heard was dope stuff wouldn't necessarily work for me. Um, I know when I, when I first started trying to, you know, get a, get a grip on the drinking, um, the counselor had said, well, we want to try to taper this off because he asked me one day, he was like, so what's the plan for today? And I was like, to not drink. And he was like, so how are we going to accomplish that? And I was like, I'm not going to drink. <laughs> and so he was like, what well, did you drink yesterday? I was like, yeah. He's like, did you drink the day before that? I was like, yeah. 
did you drink before that? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, would you say you're a heavy drinker? I was like, well, I wouldn't be here if I didn't think I was a heavy drinker. So he was like, you know, I think maybe we should try to taper this down. So, you know, for health reasons, he was like, I wouldn't try to just go cold turkey. And I, I had heard that before. Right. And, you know, you hear that. And um, it doesn't sound like what you would tell someone who has a drinking problem. Because what I heard that day was, oh, so I don't have to try not to drink today. Which I, I, I don't even remember. Um, nah, I'm pretty sure I did drink that day. Um, and I, I think I drank pretty heavily for the next... Uh, what happened was he just asked me to uh, track what I was drinking. And even seeing it on paper at first didn't really make an impact. Um, it didn't start making an impact until... Because he had mentioned, he was like, hey, listen, we'll track this for like 30 days. And, you know, if, if, if we don't see some sort of progress, then we may have to think about detox. And I was like, yo, there's no way in my, in my mind. I'm like, I can't go through detox. Um, A, because I, I couldn't afford to be out of work that long. Um, however long that was going to take, I couldn't afford to be out of work. And B, I just didn't think I would be able to go through that experience so i think it was getting close to the end of the month and and they would just evaluate it every week and it really wasn't there really wasn't any progress there was some days that i didn't drink um normally it wasn't by choice it was because i didn't have the money <laughs> or you know i had went so hard the days before that i was like no i gotta take a break um but when i got to the point to where i had actually stopped it essentially was cold turkey. Um, I don't think I tapered it down at all. <laughs> I mean, again, I, there were days that I wasn't drinking, but the the day the light went off one day, and, and fortunately for me, I, I had a, like a you know I think that day, I think I went like eight days after that, and then I had a drink, but after that, um, I hadn't drank, and so I had just passed. I just passed my um, six months. Uh, of sobriety. Uh, so it was April 17th. So last month was six months. So, um, yeah. Again, you know, you go through the, the time period of that. And there's been some moments where I was like, man, you know, this isn't. It's definitely a struggle, but it wasn't as much of a struggle as I thought it was going to be. Until it was. <laughs> so that's when you got to tap into the resources that's available for you. You know, hit some meetings, talk to your friends, you know, stuff like that. But I'm doing good. I'm doing good. A lot of, like I said, a lot of positive things have come from that. And I'm just trying to ride the train, take it a day at a time. And, um, you know, keep it moving. So. Aside from that, the world, right? <laughs> So, so much stuff has been going on around us. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail with the most recent thing. All right. So there's, there's important stuff like, you know, Supreme Court nominations, uh, Katanji Brown Jackson or Katanji. Let me, let me just get it right instead of over here guessing. Cause I told myself, I was like, when I get ready to speak about this in the podcast, I want to make sure I get my stuff together and not be mispronouncing names or going back and forth on, you know, what the names are, but, you know, just get it right. So let me see here. Katanji Brown Jackson. I'm pretty sure I still butchered that. Um, you know, first black woman to be nominated and confirmed uh on the supreme court big deal right big deal huge deal um we saw some real crazy shit <laughs> come up out of that joint um and it's it's really weird right so it's like i i don't know if i was podcasting or if i had any any content on the podcast um when kavanaugh um was going through his confirmation hearings 
Um, and that dude has some really serious um, accusations. Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, that was that was brought up, and you know, the people who supported him was like, "Oh, they're ambushing him," but these were these were really really serious things that they had to get cleared up. And then that's when you realize not not that I didn't realize it before, but it's like you know, what does it really matter? <laughs> you know, by the time you get to that point, they're gonna confirm the guy, um, so it's it's a formality. Um. What they were doing to uh, Katanji Brown, Jackson, to me, people will say, oh, it was mild compared to what they did to Kavanaugh. And I completely disagree. Um, Only because Kavanaugh had some serious accusations, right? About criminal stuff, you know, assaulting women. Um, That's enough. Right. You're supposed to be uh, you're being considered on the Supreme Court. This is something that happened. I think he was in college or whatever like that. But regardless, it's like, you know, those are things that they want to that you want to know, you know, and you and you should have to respond to those things. While they were going through the confirmation hearings for Katanji Brown Jackson and I will say Justice Jackson. Um, they're asking her about her beliefs as far as critical race theory. And did she think that kids could be born? Um, was it? They, did they ask someone if, they, if if babies could be born racist or something like that? Um, it was just so weird the, what they were questioning her about. Um, and I'm like, this has nothing to do with... Um, her qualifications as a Supreme Court justice, which she's more qualified than anybody sitting on the bench. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if, if, if there shouldn't be any question of her qualifications. But, you know, you've you seen Lindsey Graham up there wilding out. You've seen Ted Cruz up there wilding out. Um, and I felt like it wasn't, a, you know, they weren't questioning her as far as her qualifications go, because you couldn't question that. They were trying to get her to to act up. That's the way it seemed to me. Um, and when you saw the way Kavanaugh was acting up and responding to the questions versus the way that um, Justice Jackson was responding to the questions and, and, and her reactions, it was completely different. You know, there wasn't any arrogance or, uh, you know, aloofness or just, you know, acting like, you know, this is a ridiculous question, even though the questions that they were asking her were ridiculous. I mean, they were putting her through the ringer and it felt like to me it was just pandering, right, to those individuals' constituents. Um, And then, you know, they finally confirmed her. So now, you know, the rest is going to be history. Uh, it's history now. Um, But that leads me into the, the, the way things have transpired over the past two years since I was last... Um, on a podcast, you know, a lot of things have happened socially. Um, when we talk about uh, just social justice, all right, the the rights of of, of individuals, um, it's amazing how when you look back on two years, uh, I think when 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 I first started the podcast. Um, there, I mean, I, I'm just trying to like just go back, but it's a, it's a lot to go back on and I don't want to, you know, leave anything out. But I'll just start with George Floyd. Um, we knew there was a, a ton of unarmed shootings of, of black and brown people, men and women, children before George Floyd. And it seems that that was like the 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 linchpin of what we now see as, you know, the 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 movements that have occurred and how serious um, those who lead these movements um, are about social justice and how so many other things have come under uh, scrutiny when it comes to people and their rights. Uh, you know, we talk about gay rights, transgender rights. Um, you know, there was just uh, 
the, the violence against transgender black women. Um, the stories that have come out of just how people view uh, gay people, transgender people, um, black people, you know, and their views on those issues. Uh, it's It's been a lot of lines drawn in the sand to where now everyone's picking a side. And if you're not on the right side, there's a lot of um, political uh, uh I don't, I don't know what the word is, but it's, it's like basically every, everyone's like, it's like either you're with us or you're against us on so many different things. And it's, it's hard not to understand those people where they come from, even on issues that I don't particularly agree with, (laughs) you know, even, even issues where people are against me and people who look like me, you know, I, I get, you know, why they feel as strongly as they do, even when they're wrong. Um, because no one is willing to give when it comes to compromise. Uh, you know, when we think of, you know, the unarmed shootings of, of black men and women and children, um, that's a, you know, death is a compromise, <laughs> right? So it's like, you know, there's no, what, what are we compromising there? We just want to live, you know, we want to be able to um, survive a traffic stop. We want to be able to survive an interaction with the police. Um, those are things that we, we, we think about. And to be honest, it's not something that we didn't think about before. Uh, what we have to think about now is, you know, with the case of Armada Arbery, you know, if we are somewhere where another person doesn't think we belong, we want to be able to survive that interaction. Um, think about the gentleman who is, was in Central Park in New York, uh, who challenged a woman, a white woman, because her dog wasn't on a leash. And the, the, the rule, the law, the rule, the law, whatever, um, said that the dogs in the area had to be on a leash. She used her privilege as a white woman, called the police and made it seem like she was being assaulted. Without even thinking what um, could have happened if the police actually showed up. Because we know what happens when the police shows up. More recently, it's been usually someone gets shot and killed. That's not an exaggeration. That's fact. You know? So, not that that's the only issue going on right now. Or those issues aren't the only issues going on. But it's like, you know, we, we take that into consideration. Um, on top of everything else that's going on. So one other thing that has occurred, two other things really, because they're, to me, they're interconnected. Um, when we had the, the Haitian refugees who were coming over the border and then there were pictures of border patrol officers on horses whipping these, uh, Haitian, uh, refugees, getting them, trying to get to prevent them from crossing the border. Um, Then we have the situation with the Ukraine where our president, Joe Biden, is shown holding uh, refugee children, holding a baby, um, in stark contrast to what we were seeing with with the Haitian refugees. And the only difference is the Haitians were black, the Ukrainian refugees are not. So, and the, the, the way the aid and the way the, um, support looks, right. I mean, we even look at how Puerto Rico was treated and how that situation really hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, and Puerto Rico is a, is a commonwealth of the United States could say in some cases, they just might as well be a state, you know, um, we look at the, the, the issues of missing, black women, missing indigenous women. Um, I mean, it's just so many things that when you, when you look, when you look into it, and especially when it comes to women of color, um, it's like, you know, in the work that I do, we talk a lot about intersectionality and it's because, you know, as black people, people of color, that presents a different set of circumstances 
when you factor in anything. Then you factor in black, woman, transgender, gay, so many different things that a lot of the laws and a lot of how we operate as a society don't take those individual experiences into consideration, right? So um, it becomes a situation to where the injustices that we face, we, we face them as a group and they're legislated as a group. It doesn't take into consideration, you know, who we are as individuals, where we come from, you know, the impact that these laws have on us based upon where we come from or where we went to school, how much money we make, all of that, or the lack of laws, right? So I think what happens is, you know, when people um, speak out on issues and now we've got this thing <laughs> with critical race theory that, you know, lawmakers are fighting so that it's not taught in school. And we're not talking about grade school. We're talking about like college, right? Um, that it can't be part of a curriculum like that. And it, what, is, what does it boil down to? Uh, I've read somewhere <laughs> where um, it's basically, well, we don't feel, and, and this was from a lawmaker, that people, white people who... They shouldn't be responsible for what their their ancestors did to black people. No one's asking anyone to be responsible for something that they didn't do. What we are asking for is for you not to shoot us in the street. Because it's illegal. <laughs> what we are asking is for, you know, these archaic letters of the law. That disproportionately affect people of color, black people, black women, black children, black men. You know, it's it's the spirit, right, of the law. That we we're just asking that that not be a thing that we have to deal with. Um they have the the bill in Florida that they're you know calling the don't say gay bill. So now we're banning words, we're banning books from school, we're banning curriculum from schools, you know. But the things like I saw someone on social media say, so it's easy for us to ban saying gay or ban teaching certain things in schools, but we can't ban guns or we can't, you know, legislate some serious gun control laws. And it just goes to show you, you know, what's important to the society that we live in. Um the critical race theory thing is a big deal because it's like, you know, <laughs> basically trivializing history or trying to whitewash it. And, and now it's not even whitewashing. It's like they're literally trying to erase certain things or telling us, oh, listen, that was 400 years ago. Get over it. But the impact of it is still here. Even in a crazy situation, like the way. <laughs> and I hate that I'm bringing this up, but it's also something that just happened to the whole thing with Will Smith and Chris Rock at the Oscars, right? Now, I'm not going to sit here and and give my opinion on who was right and who was wrong, because in all essence, um, you can make an argument for both sides. I'm not going to. I know how I feel about it personally. Um, I'm going to get, I don't know, so <laughs> might as well just give, listen. I'm not faulting this man for walking up there and smacking the shit out of Chris Rock, considering what Will Smith has been through. I'm not saying he's right, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I kind of do feel <laughs> like Chris Rock was a little bit irresponsible with the jokes. Um, but of course, he didn't know that Will Smith was going to get up there and smack the shit out of him. Um, but when I'm not going to talk about that because that's something that happened. And you've got people who agree with it. You've got people who disagree with it. Whatever. I'm looking at the fallout. And how the people who are in charge decided to discipline Will Smith, as it were. And to be honest with you, 
I mean, we could sit here and say, nah, you know, that has nothing to do with race because Will Smith is a Hollywood darling and, and this, that, and the other, boom, boom, boom. And you also hear people saying, well, a white man wouldn't have done that. And if a white man had slapped Chris Rock, oh, it would have been a big deal. And so it's like, so we're just going <laughs> to, I mean, I'm just going to say it. It's really plantation-y. I said that in a comment that I made on social media. I'm working on a blog that, you know, brings that out too. I feel like the Oscars created that environment. Not saying that the Oscars knew that Will Smith, under whatever pressure he was under, was going to snap that night. But you got an entity who was responsible for Chris Rock being up there to tell jokes. The report said that they didn't know he was going to speak on Jada Pinkett's hair. He did. They had a history. Will Smith, I had just had enough at that point. <laughs> and what happened, happened. The discipline on it. And you could say, oh, 10 year ban from the Oscars. That's not real discipline. But what could they do? Right. So because they couldn't do a whole lot. You know, are we going to, are they going to strip him of his Oscar? You can't do that. You know, they give our Oscars like candy. So stripping him of an Oscar wouldn't have been a real penalty because he won the Oscar anyway. We're going to ban him from Oscar activities for the next 10 years. Forgive me. That's some nigga shit. <laughs> Facts. You know, can't do nothing. So we're going to do something to make an example to to keep you niggas in line that's what that's my opinion of it that's my take of it um we can sit here and wax poetic about how wrong will was or how wrong chris rock was but at the end of the day the environment was created by people who don't want will smith or chris rock or anybody else that looks like them there to begin with and that situation just gave more fodder to that argument granted I think too much importance was placed on it. I think we all chimed in on it too hard. And I think that whole thing did a favor for the Oscars because I'm pretty sure that most people wasn't like me who, when I saw it, you know, on Twitter or whatever like that, as it was happening, like the reactions happening, like minutes after this thing happens, I didn't tune in. Not not on some political statement or, you know, not political, but just on some... I, there was no reason why I didn't tune in. I just didn't pick up my remote and turn the channel. I was watching something on HBO Max, I think. But so many people tuned in. And I'm pretty sure the ratings went up significantly um, after that for the rest of the night. Will that affect the ratings next year? Who knows? But I do know that the ratings were down. <laughs> <laughs> and it had been going down. I know the Oscars was having a, a hard time uh, with the relevancy of the event. Um, and I think this situation kind of boosted it a little bit. But, you know, again, my opinion, not necessarily fact. Um, but it does it does um, speak to our society, at least in my eyes, um, when there are so many other important things that no one really takes the time to consider not I shouldn't say no one that a lot of people don't take the time to consider and we don't spend enough time speaking or dialoguing at the very least about a lot of these things um the situation like this goes on and on for weeks and here I am talking about it <laughs> on a podcast that I haven't put on in two years uh, almost um because it's such a a, a, a hot topic and it's, it's such a topic of discussion amongst so many people um and i'm not trying to be on a soapbox about it i'm just saying you know we we saw a lot of 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 interest in this situation um you don't see that same level of interest in a lot of things that are actually important and that's unfortunate um and i mean it's been changing over the last you know few years um, but I feel like whenever there is like a big thing that comes up, you know, even something to me that is as in, as insignificant as the actual slap, you know, from Will Smith to Chris Rock, the ramifications kind of go on because it does trickle into 
social issues and the way um, this these individuals are now perceived um, and the way people have talked about Jada and her involvement in the situation. And I'm still trying to figure out how to. Yeah, she was involved because her name was brought up. <laughs> she didn't slap nobody. She ain't said nothing. Um, they're talking about how she's emasculated Will and that's why he did what he did. And it's just, you know, there's a lot of opinionating about the inner workings of that relationship and those relationships and that situation that happened that none of us know anything about because it's not our experience. We only know what we hear. You know, we don't know them personally. <laughs> so, I mean, I get it. It's entertainment. I would just love to 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 hear such in-depth analysis about some real shit. Um and maybe I'll be able to provide some of that going forward with the podcast. <laughs> maybe maybe not, I don't know. Um Yeah, so, you know, the world is, you know, COVID. I remember at one point, you know, me and a few of my friends would often say, man, the world's on fire. I mean, the world's been on fire for a long time. Um, something as, uh, I don't know. Like, I think when I was recording content for the podcast, right around when COVID first hit, um, you know, being inside and, and, and not being able to go to the store and living in South Carolina, you know, that's a different experience than some, some people that I know living in New York um, or other big cities to where stuff was really shut down. Like, you know, we could still go to the store. You know, in some cases you had to be like let in or wait in line in the beginning. You know, there wasn't, you couldn't just go shopping for a month. You had to kind of, you know, there was limitations on quantities and stuff. And, you you know, we were struggling to find paper towels and toilet paper and all that. But there was places in the bigger cities that you couldn't leave your house. Right. Or people weren't leaving their homes like because there was a stay in place mandate. And now, you know, everything about covid is political. Um, the whole mask mandate. <laughs> I don't under, I don't understand why there are people that are so against it the, 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 to wear a mask like, you know, to prevent the spread of covid. You wear your mask. But there's also people who don't believe covid is real. There's also people who feel like the, the vaccines are harmful. And I'm not here to, to debate any of that. You know, um, we are all entitled to believe what we believe. Um, I don't particularly understand a lot of it. Um, I don't particularly agree with a lot of it. But we live in a society where, you know, it's OK for us to believe whatever we want to believe. But to the point of where it's harmful is where I often find problems because you know there was one time where it was believed that killing black people on the street hanging them from trees you know that was legal there was no law against it you couldn't be prosecuted if you killed a black person sounds very similar <laughs> you know to what we experienced in today because if you have a badge and you shoot an unarmed black person chances are you probably won't go to jail. And you look at the situations to where recently officers have been indicted and have been sentenced to jail. It's been due to irrefutable evidence that y'all was acting up. And you and, and the people who will question it can't really question it. So now we have, I think there was a recent shooting. I don't know the person's name because I just heard about it. But there was a, um, apparently, and I'm looking it up while I'm speaking. Um, there was a moment where there was a struggle between the officer and the individual. And the officer's body cam was uh, turned off during the scuffle. Let me see if I can find the name. Patrick Loyola. Um, I heard about this last night on a podcast that I think the podcast was a couple of days old. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of information on it. Um, but 
I, the video, I mean, I hear people talking about the video and they're saying it's traumatic. The um, people that I've on the podcast that said they watched it, they said it was traumatic for them to watch it. So I'm hesitant to watch it only because from what I heard transpired to see it actually take place. I'm not ready. I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. I remember when I saw the George Floyd video, I, it, it took me a while to actually see it. And when I did see it, I was, you know, it was it was tough to watch. Um, there were a number of different incidents that happened since then that um, either I watched with hesitancy or I didn't watch. Um, I often avoid reading comments on certain things because a lot of times when I do read those comments, I'm like, yo, wow, it's crazy that people actually think like this. Um, but they do, you know. And we have to go on with our lives, hoping that we don't encounter these, these situations. Let me tell you something. Um, when I was talking about the, um, you know, my struggles with alcohol and how I ended up, you know, going to, to counseling a few months, probably like, well, October, November, December, January, February, March, six months before I went to counseling, um, I was arrested for a DUI. Not proud of that at all um it took me that amount of time to actually get a handle and 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 come to the realization that i more than likely needed to stop drinking um but the entire situation uh transpired way better than i ever would have imagined if i would have imagined putting myself in that situation um that's rare clearly it's rare because um being a black man in the South, interactions with police. I mean, I've had uh, interactions with police that were worse than that for stuff I didn't do, you know, for BS tickets. You know, I thought, I mean, I was, the, the last interaction I had with a police officer before that time was over license and registration, insurance, you know, all of that stuff. And the officer just somehow figured out a way to write me six tickets and the only ticket that made sense to me <laughs> was the ticket that I had for my license being expired you know the insurance on the car that I was driving was current the, the registration was current all of it was current and I'm trying to figure out how did I get six tickets out of that situation so I'm asking questions and this officer is like really going in to the point where one of the fellow officers that was there was like listen why are you arguing with him just arrest him if it's that serious which it wasn't <laughs> you know um i guess i could have been arrested for for driving with a suspended license but i was completely unaware that my license was suspended because i thought i had paid whatever outstanding tickets that i had there were two tickets that i apparently either forgot about or was completely unaware of um and when i went to go take care of them out of those six tickets, I ended up only paying one, which ended up being the one that I was initially given for speeding, which I wasn't even speeding then. So I said all that to say, you know, that situation that didn't involve any actual wrongdoing, except for the fact that my license was suspended, ended up being much more of a dangerous situation for me than the one when I was actually arrested for something that I actually did wrong. And I'm super thankful that it didn't turn out the way that it could have because the officer who I was dealing with, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was thinking about how things work and, and how this could have gone bad. And, and maybe I was thinking about how it could go bad if I didn't do what I was supposed to do, not what I was told to do, but what I was supposed to do under those circumstances, because I was in the wrong. Um, Again, not something I'm proud of. And from that incident, a lot of things changed for me. Some on purpose, some intentionally, and some that were out of my control. Um, but again, coming from that experience and experiencing everything that I've, um, that I did experience, positive and negative, has, be has all been positive for me. And again, I'm very grateful for being able to say that not necessarily having to had gone through those things 
but just grateful for how things turned out afterwards. Um, and you know what? I will end it there. Uh, I appreciate y'all listening. I guess this was kind of a therapy session, <laughs> as it were, on some of the things that have been going on uh, around me and in my life since the last time you heard from me. Uh, I'm not making any promises, but I hope that the next time you hear from me be a lot sooner than two years from now. I'm pretty sure it will be, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for that to be um, better and hitting y'all with some more recent relevant content. Um, and we're gonna have some fun. So once again, this is me, Max Lit. This is the It Is What It Is, a podcast gumbo featuring Max Lit. Uh, against again, I appreciate your time, and I will see y'all. I guess I won't see y'all. <laughs> some of y'all I'll see, um, but y'all be hearing from me soon. Take it easy. Be safe, and uh, peace and blessings. I right, one.